Welcome to the Mum Mind podcast, or how to stop your mother falling out of your mouth. I'm Steph McSherry, I'm a mum of two, and I'm creator of Kinderama, a multi-activity programme for younger kids that I've been working with for un- over, I was going to say under, over 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Beth, and I'm a mum of three, and I run the Cam Parenting Club. Um, if you hear me chattering my teeth today, it's because I've spent most of the morning at the side of a pitch watching my son play football. Uh, but every week, Steph and I are here, and we are going to be answering your parenting questions. So if you have a question for us email us the mummind at gmail.com and i have a tiny favor to ask wherever you listen to this podcast please can you follow or subscribe because that will help us create more amazing and useful content most importantly free to you yes thank you you're welcome public service announcement over <laughs> <laughs> but it, but it is really important because i think you see what we're discussing here it's so much more than just mums having a chat you know, it, it's your 20 years working with children under the age of six. It's my, oh, I don't know, I'm getting so old. George, mm. just look at people now and everyone looks young. But yeah, my son it, asked me it, yesterday if I was born in 1910. I was like, what? <laughs> no. Say, how, how, did you, how did you know? I thought the Botox was working. But, you know, and, and, and it's my 15 years clinical, well, more than 15 years clinical experience working in really high-end mental health knowing how to set up a, a, a the foundation of a child's mental health so yes all the whatever follows and subscribes I, I think are really helpful yeah well that's how they monitor how well a podcast is doing so you, you know you can listen away that's great but that that's how they monitor it if you subscribe so please do it mm, thanks everyone so today what are we talking about today well I think this is the epitome of how to stop your mother falling out of your mouth because you had a, a lovely question how do I do discipline right Mm, it's really tough well I think it is because there's so much information out there I feel like I say this every week I'm like there's so much information out there but there is and I think a real problem for loads of parents and for me as a therapist and a mom is that there's all this kind of like gold star five star parenting advice out there you know don't say wow that's a lovely picture you have to say I love the effort you put into the picture and talk about the colors that you used and you know aren't you proud of yourself <laughs> yeah do you know and, and and it's like okay I am a therapist but to my kids I'm their parent and, and no parent has to be a therapist I mean some of the skills are really really helpful but you don't always have to get it this kind of five star gold. I said the right thing at the right time. And that is the thing, you know, just be like, wow, you know, yeah. I love it. I love it. And there because... are moments, there are days that you kind of go, actually, that was a great day. I don't know how we got there, but that was a great day. Like, you know, nobody killed each other. <laughs> but yeah, then we're there all are still other talking. Days, yeah, there are other days where you're kind of like, yeah, I could have done better. But to be not so hard on yourself and go, yeah, well, that didn't work. This worked. That didn't. You see, what we're teaching our kids is about being human. Back to discipline. I say to parents, well, what kind of relationship do you want to have with your child? And people say, well, what do you mean? And I say, well, it's actually how you discipline your child. And I, I mean, I'm not a big fan of the word discipline, but I, it sounds really Victorian to me. But I, I, I'm yet to come up with a good alternative. So answers on the back of a postcard. But, you know, I say to people, what kind of relationship do you want to have with your child? Do you want to have a trusting one, a close one, an open one, one where they can talk to you where they can come to you with whatever? And most parents are like, yeah, of course. I said, great. Well, that 
that part of your relationship really happens when your child is learning the edges of life. So that's how I like to phrase the word discipline, because everyone needs help learning the edges of life. I'm learning the edges of my life, too. And you see, that happens in how we treat children when they do and say the wrong things, when they have these huge meltdowns. But also, as you just said, Steph, in the days where things don't go right, the days that we're like, oh, oh, I could have done that a whole heap better. Because you know what? Kids are going to experience that, too. Kids do and will experience days where they say, why did I say that to that person? So, or, or, or like, oh, I just had a horrible day or I played terribly on the pitch or my dancing show went awful and I said this thing and I didn't, I only said it because I was frustrated, you know, all this stuff. And so if we can teach kids about those kind of bum days and those bum moments, that is actually the thing that supports a child more than the, oh my gosh, that color yellow really moved me when you painted your son like that, you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, hopefully you get where I'm coming from. But it, it, it's the times when we're all feeling a bit like Bleh, that kids learn the most about who they are and if they're safe. And that's where discipline comes in. I was just thinking, you know, that book, what to expect when you're expecting, you, you don't, you don't ever get the book, you know, how are we going to discipline our three-year-old? <laughs> and yeah. I, I think it's a discussion that you never really have with your partner until your mother or your parent starts falling out of your mouth. Yeah. And then you go, Oh, what just happened? <laughs> and it's that, you know, I think it's those moments where you're like, get to your room. I'm going to count to three. And then inside your head, you're going, oh, 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 what's happening now? And it's those times that we perhaps need to change something. Because is it true that the the automatic thing that happens is probably the way you were parented? Yeah, but it's tricky because so what happens to us is our bodies and brains have a memory of our whole lives, everything we've ever experienced, we remember on a cellular level, on an emotional level, but perhaps not a conscious level. I mean, you know, sometimes my head is bursting with just trying to write down a food shop. I can't cope with remembering everything I've ever done and seen and heard in my life, but we remember it, which is why often when people come for therapy, we, we don't have all the pieces of their puzzle, but we have how it felt like, you know, so we don't know why something happened, but we know Oh, that felt like that. Um, so when our child is three and does something, we could respond by how we were responded to, or we remember how it felt to be three. So we've got loads going on at the same time. And then I think a huge thing for most parents is the public disciplining thing. You know, like, so when your kid does something mad in public and people feel really embarrassed people feel people feel really embarrassed and really like oh god I wish they hadn't done that so that is also thrown into the mix as well oh and that just feels like a whole whole bag of stuff there doesn't yeah, it yeah and I think okay let's start with the public things then because okay so translating what you're saying I think you're saying if we try and get the discipline discipline she says in inverted commas right when they're small then the relationship when they're older and they're also testing boundaries will be better so if you take the toddler in a playground or a soft play center there are times that they do something when another parent will look to you and kind of even if they don't say it out loud go huh, what are you going to do about that 
because they've done something to their child or have be behaved in an inappropriate way. Where do we start with that? Um, <laughs> do you know Take what? Take a I'm deep breath. <laughs> yeah, what you know, I, see, what I'm thinking of is the most important thing is, is that you can sort of own it. But that sounded really Americanized in my mind. That's where the pause came from. It sounded a bit too Instagram for me. You just own it, girl, you know. <laughs> oh. But just kind of, I know for me, when I first became a mum, I didn't have this really strong foundation in me of being able to tolerate what was going on because it wasn't personal to me. I felt that everything was a judgment on me about my lack of ability to control my lack of ability to say and do the right thing my lack of Mary Poppins thing but of course that was my inner critic coming to the show so I had to had to learn how to deal with that but I think the most important thing we can do is have our children's backs because so much of the time we can almost kind of collude with the other parent and be like oh my god like yeah they're a total nightmare for doing that or they always do that or da, 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 da. and yeah so what we do is we recognize it so I'm I'm imagining they could kill a kid biting someone or hitting them on the head with one of the balls or you know all the stereotypical stuff so you just kind of acknowledge it with the other parent and say oh I'm gonna oh here I go so that's the recognition you don't necessarily have to apologize right because here's the thing with toddlers they don't have impulse control share the sharing part of the brain begins to develop around three so they don't have all these p's and q's that we're expected to have as adults so you go in you recognize it you don't pretend it's not happening and I know that can be really hard I remember one time this 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 girl like tried to beat up my three-year-old boy I mean she would not stop to the point where I had him in my arms at a toddler group and she was jumping up trying to bite him and the mom was ignoring it I didn't mind because she just didn't know what to do right? She just didn't know in that situation, or maybe she just couldn't be bothered. We've all had those times when we're just on our knees with exhaustion. And we're like, I just can't face that right now. So back to the toddler scenario, you own it, you say, Oh, haha, there's my child, I'm off to do something about that. And then you do or you don't say something to them about it. Because I think one of the most complicated and confusing thing for children who are toddlers is when we start to talk with them about their behavior. I mean, they literally don't know what's happening. So this is something we talk about a lot in the Camp Parenting Club is the developmental brain of a child is that, you know, there's the logic part and there's the emotional part. And if we as parents come in with all this kind of, I imagine like a post-match analysis, you know, like, uh, okay, with VAR and stuff now, it's really different on the screens. But you know, when they had like white whiteboards and they moved pieces around and stuff, you know, it, it kind of always what goes into here? that type scenario. <laughs> Yeah, and, and all kids need to know is that you've got their back. So I guess a lot of parents' reaction would be to remove their child, to have a chat about their behaviour being inappropriate, and then to go and tr enforce an apology to the other child. But what does that do? See, every situation is really different. But you're basically saying for an end a three-year-old, they're not in control of that. So the rest of it sounds like a waste of time. Well, I think so. But then there is the social P's and Q's, isn't there? Mm. You know, and, and you might have a conversation with the other parent. 
and you just say, oh, are, are they okay? And you might go and apologize to the kid, but while you're holding your kid really safe and really loving, because I think, you see, one of the biggest fears I meet from parents is, is that, and I get it, that they don't want their kid to not know how to behave and act in public as they grow up and as they're older. But what I say to all parents is, is that you have to start from a place of trust. You have to start from a place that your child knows. Your child knows how to not hurt other people because that's what it boils down to. And if you don't know that about your child, well, that's you projecting stuff onto your child. There's an amazing study. I was only thinking of this in the shower. I need to stop talking about studies that I don't know the names of. Um, I, need to, I need to stop pretending I'm academic, but I will find it one day. There's this amazing study and it's on YouTube and it's called like the toddler kindness study or something. And it's of like the toddler's in a room with someone and, and, and they can't get something out of a drawer. And without saying anything, the toddler goes over and helps. You know, someone drops something on the ground, the toddler runs over and picks it up and gives it back to them. I mean, these kids are innately kind, but what happens is they get into situations where they can't, they're overwhelmed, they can't manage, it's too loud, they don't like the other people, they're hungry, they need a poo, I don't know, whatever. They're frustrated or whatever. And you're saying that behavior is them showing you that rather than because let's face it you know our seven eight nine-year-olds don't go around biting other children in the playground generally we hope (laughs) yeah and even if they do you know that they're stressed to the gills and you know the thing the thing is Steph I mean how many times a day do I do or say something wrong probably loads you know I, I mean it's not intentional like last yesterday I was I was making one of the beds of one of my kids and I was really cross because they didn't do they didn't do the corner properly (laughs) and my god we had such a giggle about it after you know but the thing is I don't have someone bigger than me following me around picking me up on every single thing I do I try and fact check myself because there's no point in me deluding myself that I'm fine when I'm not fine it doesn't go well for anybody around me or myself but toddlers you know we're so aware and so conscious of their behaviors and fitting in and being good that we totally miss the point and you know my therapy practice is at the minute literally full to the brim of teenagers whose parents haven't yet developed the skills to be able to sit with them when they're not feeling okay and that goes down the road of panic attacks it goes down the road of self-harm It takes loads of different twists and turns. But if we can learn to sit with a toddler when they are letting us know, I am not okay and it looks ugly. It looks really ugly. And they might bite, they might break things, they might throw things. But if we can learn to be okay with the behavior, because all discipline, in my opinion and experience, is looking past the behavior and seeing what's going on. Because do you know what? Nobody really enjoys hurting other people. And when kids get older, that's not what they want to do either. You know. So we're back to I feel like we should have called this podcast playing detective. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but we are back to that. For especially for younger kids. Let's not let's not put necessarily an age on it, but let's say toddlers. They're using that behavior to try and communicate something. And I'm thinking about the classroom in Kinderama. You know, we we would use distraction a lot. You know, we know that those little ones aren't deliberately 
acting out or doing something to harm others they're trying to get attention for something and if you can give that attention in a positive way maybe hold their hand have them next to you and distract them with something fun everybody's over it very quickly yeah so i have a really good friend in dublin and she has a baby who's about eight or nine months old so she can sit up and every time her baby started to grizzle a bit my friend would hop in and do something silly and distract her so maybe she would put a blanket over her head and be like peekaboo and I'm always interested in at what point does it go from we don't mind a baby being grizzly to we don't want a toddler to behave like the way they are you know and and to me in a therapy way what we're talking about is exactly what you said it's distraction because our brains what fires together wires together so the more we do one thing the better our brain becomes at it so if we can become more skilled when a child is feeling overwhelmed at distracting them and we're not distracting for the sake of distracting what we're doing is we're letting them know that when you when your brain tells you that you're overwhelmed you are safe and that's what we're doing. Distraction is connection. It's connection with somebody who cares about you. So just imagine, Steph, that even as an adult, the thing that you find really hard, your brain has wired itself to know that you're really cared for. The times, the things that you dislike the most about you or, you know, the times that you do rewind the day and you think, God, I was a terrible parent that day. Imagine if instead of that hanging into guilt and shame, it got linked into, but I know I'm really cared for. It's totally different. And that, that's the key or that's the answer to, because I can imagine some parents having to explain, you know, if your toddler has behaved in a certain way and the consequence, I'm saying that inverted commas again, is you distracting and go, Ooh, look at this airplane, blah, 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 that some parents are looking at that and going, but where's the consequence? Where's the punishment? Yeah. Where's the teaching them that that's bad behavior? And you're, you have just explained why, because we need them to know that they are safe. We need to know yeah. that they are fundamentally cared for. Yeah. I mean, we all have an inbuilt system called guilt and guilt is the thing that makes us feel bad. Okay. So don't, don't, don't worry about punishing your child. We all have an inbuilt system that punishes us ourselves and it's called guilt. But here's the thing. We also have a system called shame and shame is how our parents made us feel when we were younger. It's partly that, but I'll just, I'll summarize it at that for the minute. So shame is how how someone made us feel about something you know so don't worry about making your kid feel bad right they know already they know already that they did something wrong even a tiny little toddler does yeah I have memories of my I think she was about six at the time my daughter she borrowed my phone and she wanted to take it outside to play some music and I remember saying to her at the time, but be really careful because that's mummy's only phone. So put it somewhere safe and blah, blah, do this and that. And of course, five minutes later, it was smashed. It, it had been accidentally smashed, but you could see on her face, she felt awful about it. Yeah. Me, if I had gone, I told you that was my only phone, that would have just put loads of shame on her. I made her feel even worse about the scenario. Yeah. And that's really hard to remember when they're toddlers, because I think 
I think the toddler years are really difficult. I think parents are completely overwhelmed themselves. I think they're probably not getting enough sleep. And I think they're in a state where these situations that come up normally in public or in front of friends and family are just really overwhelming for the parents too. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And especially because most parents I meet are trying to put to one side any parenting that didn't serve them very well and try to do new stuff. So with the eyes of someone else watching you, that's really hard. I mean, I had to pump up a tire in a petrol station yesterday and I chickened out of it because there was too many people who could watch me. (laughs) And I just can't remember if I remember how to do it. (laughs) I used to, I used to in my single days and this was with like, you know, so then, so I get it. I mean, like this stuff, which is why I think, being able to talk about it and being able to share about it and being able to pass the emotional weight around. Like I go to therapy really regularly. So somebody else can hold the emotional weight of my life, you know, because there's a lot, there's a lot that goes on and and, and you see alongside you remembering what it was like to be two, right. Your body having those memories, you've then got to do the right thing. I mean, holy smokes. Yeah. And it comes back to what we said at the beginning. You don't sit down with your partner when you've got your bump and say, so how are we going to discipline this child? What what are your thoughts on the naughty step? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's like anything in life. You don't even know what you're going to do until you're faced with it. And by then you're kind of like, well, um, so now I'm faced with it. Now I have to decide what I'm going to do. Well, and, and half the time, sorry, half the time, that's the point when your parent falls out of your mouth and you don't even realize what you've said or why you've said it. You've just said it. It's ingrained in you somewhere. Yeah. And I mean, if that does happen, you just laugh about it with your kids, right? Yeah, exactly. But this is why it's really good to have a plan for your parenting. And it doesn't have to be, I mean, we're not back to the whiteboard and the people being moved around. I don't mean that kind of a plan. I mean, like a mental and emotional plan. You know, my intention with my kids, this is me personally, is to be a really compassionate parent. Is just in that moment when I don't know what to do, I know that my goal is to have a really safe relationship with my kids. So that then guides what I say and it then guides what I do. So it might be that I say, I don't know what to do. And if we're at home, I say, oh, I, 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 I don't know what to do. Well, we have a cup of tea and we'll have a think about it. You yeah. know, I, I, I mean, and, and, and I think the really big thing to remember is this, is that if your kid has done or said something, I like wasn't really the right thing to say, but they do know it. Don't forget that. It's just to to remember that we all do and say stuff we don't mean when we're frustrated. Mm. And I think that's when kids' behavior can come across as, you know, uh, more serious perhaps than it actually is. And it's just that kids know that, you know, don't worry about it. We all say stuff when we're frustrated and that they know in that moment, you're not going to reef them out of it. You're like, come on here and tell me if you can. If you'd like the answers to help your child with their emotions or behaviours, or if you're ready to become the parent and person you'd like to be, then start your free seven-day trial in the Cow Parenting Club by going to my website, bethanoreardon.com. And there are two things that have come up for me there when you said that, and I think it's actually just starting to pay dividends with my tween. 
there are moments that I have kind of said and done stuff that I'm not proud of as a parent. And then later on that day, or in the next hour or so, I've gone in and I've said, I'm really sorry I said that. I didn't mean that. Um, I'm tired. I'm frustrated. You know, I didn't mean to shout at you. I'm sorry about that, which is yeah. incredibly hard to do if you were raised in a very different way to that. Yeah. But nine times out of 10, my daughter's come back to me and said, that's okay. And then when I've seen her act in a similar way where she's perhaps lost it over something or not spoken kindly, she has come back to me and said, I'm sorry, I spoke to you like that. Yeah. And the thing that you say then to your child is because they are coming back to you because you've modeled this like, oh God, don't we all say the wrong thing? But it's that you say to her, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Because then we can go into, and so you should be, you know, we can really, because we can hold grudges, you know, but we can, we, I mean, being honest, we can hold grudges. We can, you know, we can, we can want to not forgive. We can remember when the 11 year old did that thing. So when they come back and they say, because that's them saying, I'm still feeling really vulnerable about this. And I need you to do the final repair, mom or dad. And then you say, don't worry about it you know, don't, don't worry about it. I get it. You were frustrated. And the really important thing is it's really important that kids have different opinions to us and that they're allowed to voice them. You know, I had to ask one of my kids to get off their phone yesterday. They didn't want to come off their phone and there wasn't like war because, oh my God, I've not got the energy for that, but they're allowed to let you know, I don't want to do that. I'm doing this and I'm really happy doing that actually. And and that's, that's really important. It doesn't mean that it's still not a no, but it's a conversation piece. I know They're, they're allowed to have an opinion. Can we talk yeah. for a second about, because I feel like it was a real trend when my kids were small, the naughty or the bold step where yeah. a younger child is behaving in a certain way and then they're excluded from whatever is going on. They're put in an area. It could be a step. It could be in just an area away from everything else. And they're left to think about it for a minute or two. And, and actually, I think from that TV show, it used to be a minute for every year that your child was. So let's talk, you know, that was three whole minutes for a three-year-old, which can feel like mm. an absolute lifetime. Yeah, I mean, I've loads of different opinions on this. So I know that I've, I've seen really conflicting research. You know, one piece saying that the naughty step is the, or time out is the equivalent um has the equivalent impact on your brain as sexual assault. Wow. Um, and, yeah, and then I've seen other research saying, well, it's okay to do it if it's used in the right way. But here's the thing. Children, I spend a lot of time talking with parents about this. Children cannot regulate their emotions. They do it, they learn to regulate through a process called co-regulation, which is when they know that you are feeling them, feeling their feelings, Okay. So that's why I go to my therapist. I go to my therapist with my feelings that in it, for that situation with that person at that thing, I don't know how to knit that into my well-being and so that I feel safe. So if we ask, I mean, I have three kids. Sometimes a degree of separation is helpful for all of us, you know, on a practical level. But it's what they're doing when they're there. And I see in schools, they have like the cozy corner where they're like, well, I asked them to go into dolphin pose and then blow bubbles and this and that. I say, that's fine. But every child needs somebody with them doing that because trauma 
isn't only the thing that happened. It's being alone when it happened. And it's being alone in the repair of that in your brain. So sending a child off for 10 minutes, if they're 10, I mean, could feel like an eternity. And what the heck do you expect them to do when they're there? You know, apart from sit and think about how terrible they are as people, because remember, we spoke about guilt. We mm. spoke about shame. So that's there. That's boiling up inside of them. So better to go with them to that space and not necessarily we're not dissecting it as you we, we talked about. We're just sitting with them. We're holding them there in that space for a couple of minutes just to give everyone a bit of break and a bit of breathing space. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, so I'm imagining in my house the times when they've not wanted me to sit with them either. They're in their room, their door is closed. They're kicking the door. Get with away their feet. From me. Yeah. I'm thinking, <laughs> do I machete the door down? What the hell do I do now? But it, it's in those times, the biggest thing is your child knows how you feel about them. So it's in those times, it's really important. It's, and it's back to what I said, like, I feel really confident in my parenting. And I can 100% say that because I know that whatever situation I'm in with my child, I can feel safe. I can feel safe mentally. I can feel safe like physically inside. I can go back to that foundation of I've got this. I don't know how it's going to look. I don't know how it's going to sound, but I know I've got this. And you see, if you go up and you try and sit with your child in this kind of, you know, three minutes or there on the other side of the door, whatever it is. And if you are fuming and raging inside, your child feels that. I mean, people come to therapy. I always think this is a good way of putting it to parents, especially parents who are like, but no, 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 I have to tell them. I have to understand. I have to, you know, parents come to me and they say, I can't stop shouting at my kids. I've shouted at them every single day and I feel really crap. And I, I say to them, I mean, you know, imagine that was your child coming to you and then you shouted at them, you know, yeah. I mean, you just never do it. You, I mean, I'd be a terrible therapist for one and nobody would come to me. But what do I do? I sit there with as much kindness as I can, a therapist can ever have. I'm almost brimming with it and acceptance and I'm not judging. And I'm saying, God, that's, that's really hard. And that's what your child needs to feel from you. So if you are matching their anger, even with an internal anger, they feel it. So they need you to be safe. They need you to be safe. And as a parent, what can we do? Because I know I've had those moments where I've got really cross, really angry at one of my kids over something. And I've had to kind of go, why am I this cross? You know, what, mm. what they've done doesn't warrant this amount of anger in me. So what can a parent do there? I think, honestly, um, get to therapy. <laughs> yeah, I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, because you need to unravel something in you. Yeah, because it's when it's in those moments when our emotions become our children's problem. We know that our children have overtaken us in their emotional ability. We've been left behind somewhere because there are when our emotion is bigger than theirs and more explosive. And this is really weird, isn't it? But we know that, oh my God, that seven-year-old is more emotionally aware than me. How did that happen? And it's because you're having this visceral, perhaps body memory, emotional memory. Um, so get to therapy. If you can't get to therapy, just do something to figure it out, but also be a detective for yourself. Are you stressed to the gills? Are you hungry? Do you need to spend more time with your friends? Do you need more sleep? Do you need to lower your expectations? Do you need to be with your partner or away from your partner? 
you know, because we only explode when we've reached our limit too, but it's ours to take responsibility for, it's not for our children to change. Okay, so as we come to the end, I feel like I always like to summarize a little bit just so that we kind of can boil it down to important points. The first is kind of younger kids, they need you to co-regulate with them and their behavior is only a form of communication. They're not deliberately going, I'm gonna go and bite this child just to really pay off their mother. You know, it, it, its behavior is communicating something to you. You can distract them or co-regulate with them. Yep. Older children, if we are getting very cross or very angry about something, we perhaps need to play detective with ourselves and work out what's going on for us. But the co-regulation part or the repair part is also really important. Yeah. And, and the thing to say is, I think for probably a lot of people listening to this, is that this is like learning a whole new language. I mean, you could, I, I could give you like 10 books to read, read this, read this, read this, but that won't help you get to where you need to be because it's your emotional literacy we're talking about. And so this stuff is hard. It is like learning a whole new language. It's because you're learning probably a whole new way of being. Yeah. And right? it's like walking through treacle sometimes, right? Because it feels so alien to you. Yeah. The easy yeah. thing to do is to repeat what happened to you to yeah. get cross, to shout, to feel rubbish afterwards. That's the easy thing. So yeah. actually when you start doing the new stuff, it feels really difficult. Yeah, yeah, it does. And remember your children don't need you to be perfect. Mm. What children need is for parents to be giving it a whirl because it's in the giving it a whirl that we can have that really human experience with our kids of, isn't this mad? I'm trying really hard to do and say the right thing. And I still don't all the time. So in a family system, in that point when I was talking about how you feel about your child, it's that you're trying. It's that you're trying. It's not how it looks perfect all the time. It's that you're just giving it a whirl. And that we're trying to remember the bigger picture, which is ultimately when they're teenagers, when they're kind of moving away from us, they're going to mess up. Yeah. And we want them to come back to us and say, I messed up, help me with this, rather than I can't go to my parents because they're going to be furious. Yeah, and, and I'm always amazed. I, I know we have to wrap it up, but I'll just say this. I'm always amazed in the therapy room and not in a judging way, but the teenagers who come to me, they say, this is the first time I've ever spoken about this. And to me, it might not seem like huge stuff. But that's where the relationship has broken down with them and their parents over however many years. Relationships don't break down in a day, but they they break down uh, over like a series of months and years with parents responding in the same unhelpful way. And again, that's no judgment to the parents, but we can all learn to do better. We can all learn to do something different. Lovely. So don't forget, if you have anything that you'd like to ask us or for us to discuss, it's themummind at gmail.com. See you next time. Oh, I pressed stop video. <laughs> <laughs>
Kinderama is a multi-activity program for younger kids. It's full of music, imaginative play, adventures, ball skills, dance, drama, and all for the under sixes. We have an online program at kinderama.com and if you use the discount code MUMMIND20, you can have 20% off an annual membership. 